So let me paint you a, a an audio picture. It's late last night. Elaine and I had just gotten done playing some Vigi games, and we're just, you know, we're winding down. And she looks at me and she says, if you die, can I keep your PlayStation 4? <laughs> and I took a second. I thought about it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And she goes, because I don't need the five. Like, the four is fine. Because she, it's at mine, is at her house right now. She's playing through Uncharted Lost Legacy. We've dabbled in a few other games as well. Um, but it's like, yeah, that's that's appropriate. That's fine. Only if you have to replace me on my my show hitbox. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's going to be forced to do this. Oh, that'd be great, actually. And so she was like, yeah, I could do that. And I was like, do you, you think you could do it? All right, here, you be you post my death and then I'll be Justin. Oh no, so I did. <laughs> so we went back and forth. Um, we had, we had just been to disc replay. I don't know if this is like a chain or if this is just like a single shop, but it's basically like, used electronic stuff so there's like a lot of like old video games and, and movies and things like that and we had taken a long look at their selection of gamecube games which primarily consisted of brats video games and so wow. that's what she talked about um for her sections of the show and then i talked a little bit about psychonauts too i threw a curveball i was like so what do you think about this stuff going on with abandoned because like some people are saying it's hideo kojima some people are saying it's konami <laughs> she first of all this is impressive and this is just shows how much i've like poisoned her brain into understanding these uh, ed- video games educated informed yeah look, we'll go with that uh she was she like knew who hideo kojima was she knew what death stranding was i'm like that- i don't think i've ever talked to you about this that's cool. and she was like here's the thing though if it's him it makes sense because he does not have games that can be explained in two sentences. You got to have a whole afternoon. <laughs> so like, that's fair. Uh, c- congratulations, Elena. You will take over for me if I ever suddenly die. I'm not planning on it, but, um, you know, I still find that to be like a, an odd question just because, you know, I'm pretty sure if she asked if she could just keep the PS4, you would have said yes. <laughs> and that's death. the thing. I didn't need to die for her to have that, yeah. first of all. <laughs> Second of all, no context. There was no lead up. It was just silent. We were just enjoying the end of our night. And she's like, if you die. And I was like, go on. <laughs> I thought she was going to be like, if you die, like, how long do you think I should wait until, you know, finding someone else? And I, like, whenever you feel good about it. Like, right, not a right. problem. But it was like. <laughs> can I have your PlayStation? I was like, yeah, I don't think anyone knows it's there, so you can probably just keep it. Like, and she goes, but could I come and take some of the games too? And I was like, yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <I'm> a- <laughs> and then I was thinking, well, who would get my PS5? Because that thing's big. That's and true. I was like, well, Justin has one. I was yeah, like, dude. my older brother has one. I don't think my sister wants one. Like, who needs this? Uh, so if, if, I, if you need a PS5 and... <laughs> are wanting it for free but with the caveat of my death um follow us on twitter send us a dm at hitbox pod or send us an email at hitbox official podcast at gmail.com um i'll send i'll send i'll write a little note <laughs> give to this random twitter user in case of my death well yeah we'll, we'll update the will i i do have to say like yeah. when is it it's never too soon to have a will because right now i think all my worldly possessions i just want to go to my dog um sure and, I know he'd use them well. Yeah. I When I was a kid, this is true. Uh, and, like, I think my teachers should have said something about this. At the end of the year, we would, like, you know, get, like, yearbooks and stuff. And I stopped doing this, by the way. But in the end of every yearbook, I would write, like, 
if you find this and I'm dead, like <laughs> here's the last three things I need you to know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like I said, I, I think my teachers should have said <laughs> anything about that to my parents or something. <laughs> but uh, I guess you can't. But that, the third can't. thing was, don't tell my parents about this. So, like, I guess they, could, they were contractually yeah. obligated not to. So, that's legally binding. Uh, it, it says, are you a cop? You legally have to tell me if you're a cop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's Hitbox. What's in the fucking box? everyone welcome back to hitbox episode number 58 we got a lot of fun stuff today um we're gonna talk about a handful of things that i'll introduce in a second but before we do justin how are you ah my name is peter by the way uh sorry i didn't say that this is going great justin how are you excellent i'm doing i'm doing fantastic what a what a great time for video games is all I have to say, and it, it's a constant pleasure to be a part of this industry in any way I can. Just because, what kind of crazy hype do we got coming up this 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 year, next year, twenty twenty three, potentially twenty twenty four? Doesn't don't those numbers sound stupid though? Like not stupid, like like fake. Yeah, like I still I still like, I, and this might be just because of the pandemic and how like. It has influenced my perception of time, but like I still don't register in my brain that it's 2022, uh, one almost 2022. Yeah. Like I still am sort of in the mindset of like this is 2019. Um, but again, I don't know if that's pandemic or if that's just like the fact that these years sound made up because they sound so like futury and yeah, weird. Well, and not to bring it down, but like yeah. this weekend or this past weekend, it was Sept- the 20th anniversary of September yes. 11th. Yes, it was. Like that's and, wild. And you know, I, I'm a, a teacher of high schoolers, and my high schoolers, not a single one, was born during that yeah. time. Like that yeah. is, I I've officially crossed over to the to the elderly side of this. <laughs> Did that make you feel like the guy at the end of um, the Last Crusade? Is it tied into a skeleton? <laughs> I this is a, a side note. Uh, last year, uh, with, with when working th- with the students, uh, I made a reference to a Vine, and like the the my favorite long dead social media platform, Vine, and uh, it was like it got kind of quiet, and I was like, "You guys know what that?" I was working with freshmen. I was like, "You guys know what that is, though, right?" And they were like, "I mean, I've heard of it." And I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> oh no!" no. Like, is it like TikTok? I was like, "Kind of, but better." Um, unimportant. <laughs> Uh, Justin, you sort of alluded to this. We are going to be talking about all of the news that came out of the uh, Sony presentation. It wasn't even officially called like a, a state of play. It was just like, hey, here's the PlayStation presentation. Uh, it was called the think, Sony mic drop, I believe. And that's actually fair. So we'll, we'll be going over everything uh, that took place in the Sony mic drop later. Additionally, we're going to be looking at um, some Metacritic roundups of games like Wald, uh, WarioWare, uh, get it together, Baldo, Life is Strange, True Colors, and then we're going to be taking a look into the Apple and Epic lawsuit, uh, and so much more. But before we get into that, Justin, what have you been playing? The video games, I mean. Well, I've done it. I beat Psychonauts 2. I'm officially ah. a Psychonaut Junior member. 
Yeah, I also beat Psychonauts 2, and it's weird that when you finish the game, here's this is like the mildest of spoilers, so sorry. You are you have a lower position than you do at the end of the first game. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious, like just yes. on a very meta level. But speaking of the end without, again, no spoilers or anything like that. But uh, one of my biggest complaints about Psychonauts 1 is that there's a point of no return. And then you cannot complete the game unless you go back to that before to the that. save. Yeah. yeah, you have to go back to the save in order to do that. This one, when you beat it, they just there, there's like a point of no return, sort of. They're like, make sure you finish any business before you leave here. And then uh, there's two. There's two, like very, like they're <laughs> yeah. very specific about it. But then when you beat the game, you go back to the open world, and then you can go wherever. So, like, if yeah. you're worried about that for like those completionists out there, um, this is a game that, first of all, would probably be a pretty fun platinum slash uh, a perfect achievement. Um, uh, but uh, you you will be able to go back in all the locations to uh, get all them. Figments. Are you doing that? No. Yeah, I don't. There's no. 1,300 figments, and I was I saw that number because initially I was like I could, and then I was like, I yeah. So. I, I mean, I I would be more willing to if there wasn't a million games coming out. Um, yes, and yes. if I was on my PlayStation Five, just because like I would want the platinum for putting platinum, that work in. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know as as well, if not better than I do, that it's a little bit more disappointing not getting that uh, platinum I, on an Xbox, right? <laughs> Recently, finished The Walking Dead with Elena, and we did the 400 Days, which is the DLC that leads into Season 2. And there's one missable achievement in The Walking Dead that's on Game Pass, and you have to win a match of uh, rock, paper, scissors. And Mm. Elena is apparently the greatest mind that has ever been born in terms of rock, paper, scissors (laughs) strategy. Because she was like, all right, this guy... He seems like he's going to throw a rock first, basically based on his whole sort of personality here. So I was like, all right, paper, beat him easily. So we got that one achievement that's missable. And uh, yeah, so nope, nothing, nothing special. Nothing happened for doing all that. But yeah, whatever. That'd be such like, an easy, that'd be such an easy change because I just yeah. recently realized that uh, when you get an achievement, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's a rare achievement. I guess anything yeah. like under 10 percent, mm-hmm. um, they give you like an awesome little like diamond. A diamond. Yeah. yeah, and you feel good about doing that. Yes. Though I think most of these Game Pass games, most of the achievements you get at a certain point, like past the first two, are probably rare <laughs> because people just sample say, the game. <laughs> well, I mean, even with Psychonauts 2, like some of those main quest achievements, I was like, oh, only 10%. Yeah, geez, okay. <laughs> like, got into this. Yeah, but you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, I also finished it. I liked it quite a bit. I maybe liked Psychonauts 1 a little bit more in some aspects um but yeah i think as an overall package the i enjoy psychonauts one better like just yeah as an overall like blanket statement but i do think the uh design and the kind of like storytelling logic with a lot of the brains is better in psychonauts mm-hmm. too um like when you go into the brain i think it's like a much more obvious like what is their mental hang-up and you helping them get through that mental hang-up in a Mm. way that's more clever um it kind of does remind me a little bit more of the of the from the original psychonauts the asylum uh people um how they have a clear thing wrong and you're trying to go in and fix that um so i think that's better i think the story is a little bit better i think you like a lot of the characters kind of more in psychonauts Mm -hmm. too um you get a little face time but there's so many of the characters that yeah. you still don't dig deep enough into any of them. 
and I was kind of disappointed too that the big main characters from the first game didn't really have roles in this mm-hmm. one. Like I thought Sasha and um, what's the levitation woman's name? Do you know off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head, but uh, I will look it up. Uh, yeah, I-, I thought the two of them would have like roles of any kind yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they like really don't I, you know at the end of the day whatever i i do like the other characters um but yeah so it goes uh, mila yes yes uh, mia mila like valdova or something yeah, like yeah. that Vo- um, vodello vodello yes yeah. uh just in playing anything else in the meantime uh i so i've been uh still like touching um uh pokemon unite every day uh, sure. I do have to say it's getting a little bit to the point where it's just a little bit more of the same. Um, yeah. And I have gotten to the point, I think I'm level 11 or rank 11, whatever they call it. I'm to the point when the people I'm playing clearly have upgraded their um, items mm-hmm. uh, fully. <laughs> and it's like very clear when you're in like a, a fight and I'm, I, I'm like a level 14 defender and i'm going against a level 12 attacker and they like just destroy me in seconds um because they have like the the upgrades all the way there um so i i am feeling that like oh i, I could put a little money into this but i don't want to i think that'll ruin my fun and specifically playing it i think i've probably played it like 14 hours at this point um yeah. if i put money into it at that point i know for a fact i'm not going to play it much much more um, mm-hmm. But it's still a nice way to to get myself going down before bed. So, uh, no, that, that's, I, I get that. That's been my my check in. My it'll be my daily check in game once it comes out for the phone for sure. Sure. So I'm uh, as I talked about last week playing Persona Five Royal, and I'm playing that game so hard. It's <laughs> like, do you know how? Uh, this is going to be gross and graphic, so cool. I apologize. Are you? I, I, I very rarely get sick, and by that I mean I never throw up. But like. If I'm going to throw up, I'm going to throw up as hard as I can one time to just get it done and get it all out and then be good, you know? Yeah, yeah. Again, I don't mean to be graphic, but that's how I'm playing Persona, to just get it, to, not to get it done because I don't want to play it because I love it. But just, I, I want to play it so bad, but like my window of opportunity to pl- actually play it is like so small that I'm like smashing through this game i mean like i i've beaten two palaces since we last talked <laughs> and, and that's just because i'm grinding it like i start at nine you know what i mean and it's like all right nine o'clock to midnight that's what yeah. i got <laughs> like let's yeah. let's let's go um yeah that's a great game and that is the definitive way to play persona 5 uh yeah are you are you trying to get a platinum run here <laughs> justin am i trying to get a platinum run yes i've mapped it out i should get it um just by going through all the all of the things that i've got uh they made it way easier to platinum it than uh the original one because you don't you like you have to like 100 all the confidants 100 out the like persona manual or whatever in the original and, yeah uh and like that is just not a thing in this one which is great because that is like what you need to do multiple playthroughs for and, and all yeah, that i think so. I, I think the when people make a platinum, they should design it for fun rather than than anxiety. Like, yes. sure, you can do it so you put an extra 20 hours in the game to get a platinum. But, like, if some of the task you're doing is not fun, I think that ruins the game. And I think people generally do enjoy going through and getting platinum. So, like, if mm-hmm. you can make it fun to keep people wanting to come back and play, that's cool. But it doesn't just mean you want you have to do everything in the game or it shouldn't mean you do everything in the game because yeah. that's how you learn to hate the game by the end of it. Well, and something cool about the trophies in Royal is that most of them revolve around the new things that have been added. 
So like if you want like you have to experience the new stuff that they put in to get those platinum trophies, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of cool. Uh, and um, it's funny. I, I was looking it up on like true achievements and there's they have like difficulty levels for how hard getting a platinum is. Um, and it's like difficulty level two. And basically saying like if you, if you do these, th- you know, four or five things at the beginning, then you should be good to be set up for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> it makes me laugh because it's like, yeah, it's a level two, but like. You know, you got the Ratchet and Clank Platinum in what? You said like 15, 20 yeah, hours? Yeah, it was, it was barely 20. Right. I mean, it's going to take like 120 yeah. for, for like Persona <laughs> 5 Royal. Like at the end of the day, not a super challenging Platinum to get in terms of like additional stuff or stuff you have to go to out of your way for. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, you're not, it's not, you're just not sitting down with this in four sittings and, and getting yeah, it all. I, I, and I mean, I would almost rather it though than not taking account time rather than like in taking account trophy difficulty because if they yes, do time yes. to that that's another thing because yeah sometimes like th- those assassin's creed ones they take so long but they're not hard to do um right. though do you ever get the valhalla no, one no, no it's no it's not gonna happen i'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, gonna I figured. circle that one as just give up <laughs> yeah did you beat that or no? Uh, no, I, the, I'm going to be you honest. The, your platinum, heart, sounds the, like. the platinum hunt ruined me on it. And then it yeah. also just like a bunch of stuff started coming out as I was getting deep into that. So I was like, I don't know if I can really just justify like dumping hours and hours and hours into this game. But yeah, not that it's not a bad game. I'll try to finish at some point, but maybe not this year. Sure. Sure. So Justin, you and I have both been playing one more game this week and, um, we're, we're kind of taking a look at these review scores from Metacritic because I don't know if you know this, dear listener. A lot of video games are coming out right now. A ton. Too many. Not too many. I love them. But um, a lot. So, Justin, you've been playing Baldo. I've been playing Life is Strange True Colors. Uh, I want to take a look at that Metacritic score uh, for Baldo first. And I want to hear what you have to say about it. Because uh, to my understanding, the Metacritic stuff is not... uh, People don't love this game so like let, let's start from a, a top down of what baldo is uh they had this at i believe it was last year's one of the switch um or nintendo directs they had this game kind of showcased at it i believe it was that or was it one of the the sony ones i have no idea i've but never seen this game before. It, it's a um kind of uh it looks like studio ghibli kind of uh, animation style and that's kind of like what it was like touted as being um, mm-hmm. and you know you're you're going around in this cool like anime cell shaded art style um, and it's essentially a Zelda game and uh, it's the top down isometric perspective um, you're going to dungeons you are getting weapons in the dungeons to solve puzzles and you're completing side quests along the way like find a dog to move the sheep from the road and things like that sure. and I kind of after playing Skyward Sword, um, a flawed but good game uh, this year, I kind of like got back into my head about how much I love the Zelda games. Um, yeah. When I was younger, I think playing Zelda, I always would get stressed in the dungeons. Like for whatever reason, I would like spend so much time like in the world between dungeons because I'd always be like, yeah, but I don't want to go in this dungeon and die. I don't want to do that. Like yeah. I would just be like, you know, try to avoid it. But I, I had a, a moment of realization when I was playing um, uh, Wind Waker that I was like, wait a second, like the dungeons are the best part of this. <laughs> like sure. that you're playing the game for the dungeons, not the other stuff. And like from that moment on, I just kind of been obsessed with Zelda games and their dungeons, um, which is why I was upset with Breath of the Wild for the lack of dungeons, lack of dungeons that they had. Yeah. 
Um, but regardless, playing Skyward Sword we reawoken my love for those in the dungeon. So when this Baldo game came out, I saw it and I remember seeing it um, at one of these direct showcases and I was like, hey, I need a new game to play on my Switch. This would be the perfect one to play. Um, so I, with a sight unseen, I was looking online like it was out for a week and I couldn't find any like re- like major outlets reviewing it, which maybe should have been a red flag. Maybe I should have noted that, hey, if big co- publications aren't reviewing this game the week it came out, maybe there's a reason a for smaller. it. Yeah. Um, I listened to this one person, like a smaller YouTubers. I wish I could remember it, but it was just like I, I typed in Baldo reviews and there was like two <laughs> videos that came up on the <laughs> yeah, whole yeah, internet. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was talking about a preview uh, in which went through the first world and went to the first dungeon and talked a little bit about it. So there's some flaws with it, but it was kind of cool. You're in this like pirate ship area. You're like doing solving puzzles, moving boxes. Uh, he has that Zelda feel. Could be interesting. And I was like, all right, sold. I'm going to buy it. It was like $24. Yeah. And gotta admit it's uh it is i it's scratching that zelda itch um i think it is much more in line with older zelda games um uh going back to like playing um link's awakening like Mm -hmm. i I forget if we talked about this on the podcast but there's like a specific like puzzle in which you have to dive under a bridge in like one specific spot at the map that they don't like tell you about and like there's some frustration with that a lot of these Baldo puzzles are kind of like that. Like you have to push this one box in this one corner that looks like all the other boxes to find a staircase that goes to the secret level downstairs. Um, yeah. But I always feel that the game, even though it's like challenging with that, if you explore the dungeon enough and you f- like explore the area enough, you will find what you need to do. It might be frustrating, but like everything is like lined up. So like, all right eventually I'll be able to beat this thing. I just don't think I have it now. I'll come back once I have it. And it's like a good, like little dungeon with like nice explorable areas and stuff. So I I was kind of, I was enjoying it. Um, it it is not the, the most technically sound game out there, but it is, has a lot of issues. (laughs) Yeah. So like one, one of them is like when you're, uh, when you start the game, it like loads way too long. (laughs) And like whenever you go to a new area, it loads way too long, which, kind of like lines up with the fact that it's not the like most polished of games out there because this game is not graphically anything that would would make me think it couldn't run on a switch i mean uh i just said skyward sword that game runs perfectly on the switch and that is much more graphically demanding than this sure um so there's like some things like that occasionally like you know you're like if there's a bridge you might like kind of like get next to the bridge and like you're not falling yet but like if you stop moving towards the bridge you'll fall off of it like some weird like clipping um Mm -hmm. issues and stuff that come up so it's not the most polished game it feels like there's maybe a half second delay between swinging your sword and actually like swinging your sword like pressing the button yeah so it's like it's not a great game but going to metacritic i was shocked with how much people hated the game (laughs) that's that's because like hearing you say all that it's like okay sure but there's there's four reviews on metacritic um from from reviewers and even the ones from users four out of the seven of them are negative what do you think is was the hang up for people so i i went through the ign review uh not that ign is like real quick written by my good friend gabriel moss go on oh awesome fantastic yeah um so 
I read through the IGN review, not that IGN is the only like place to get a review from, but I generally trust their editing process and everything. And it was a, a, a pretty like clear review about like what, what are the things that are wrong with it. And a lot of it has to do with like knocking your head against like the wall. A lot of it has to do that as you get later in the game, um, the enemies like do way too much damage to you. Um, talking about how sometimes the the UI is absolutely just archaic and like mm-hmm. even like selecting an item can be very difficult. Like I, I read the article and I was like, nothing is wrong with this. Yeah. However, I think the, the, the difference between what I thought of it and what IGN thought of it and I guess what other people on Metacritic think of it um, is that I am taken back to a more nostalgic place with this. Sure. Like, I don't think this game is a is a ten out of ten polished game that sh- that feels like it was released in twenty twenty one. It feels <laughs> yeah. like a game that was released in ninety eight. And sure, for me, it's hitting those those uh, the it's hitting the marks that I want from a game like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little frustrating. I feel like uh, I the first boss is this is in the pirate ship area. I felt like I kind of lucked into beating it rather than like using my skill to beating it, which isn't a good thing. And I kept like hitting my head against the wall trying to beat it. And I was hitting my head because it was just like a little bit hard to control rather than it being like a Dark Souls challenge. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is that when you die, it takes you right back to that beginning of the boss encounter. Okay. There's really not like huge penalties for dying other than sometimes like traveling back and stuff like that. Um I do think the the part of the IGN review that I didn't really get to is just how big the map is and how like bloated it can feel to go from one thing to another at times. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like there's a lot of puzzles that in order, like if you mess up a puzzle, like there's one that there are these two switches in the dungeon I'm currently at and there's two pots in the area and the, the, you have to throw the pot at the switches, but the switches are timed to eventually like turn back. So you have yeah. to like make sure you hit both quickly. If you mess up one of those or you accidentally throw your pot to the left instead of like straight ahead, you got to like jump off the edge and like <laughs> reload the map. <laughs> yeah. It can just take a, a, like a long time to do that. And plus the movement speed when you're carrying a uh, uh, a pot is like real slow. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like painfully slow. So it's not a game that respects your time, but it does have those old school kind of like gaming feelings that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I just don't remember the last time I played a game that I was so shocked by the Metacritic score for. Sure. If that makes sense. That yeah. one, one that's, I, I don't want to sit here and say that Ball is a perfect game. I don't even know if I necessarily recommend it to other people because I would first recommend any Zelda game on the Switch before this yeah. one. Um, but I, I did not expect it to uh, not be universally liked as much as it was. Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot of sense but what i appreciate i'll say is that like i don't know y- you liked it these people didn't but like at the end of the day you maybe liked it for reasons that they didn't like it and they didn't like it for maybe reasons that you did and i think that that's kind of cool in my yeah. opinion yeah and about i just, you know, i, I wish more video games would get a four out of ten i really yeah. do i feel like i feel like so many games just fall into that seven range when yeah. there's a big difference between some sevens out there and like yeah. you know the medium is i think a different seven than um uh, name another seven video game out there um like days I mean, gone question mark what Day, days gone Do you, yeah i think you those, like two games, those two games are very different sevens uh or different from each other i can understand yeah. why people hate them like them but they're very different reasons why so mm-hmm. i think just saying both are sevens doesn't really do it justice as much but i think we're really good about talking about that 
these video game reviews are opinions, right? Like, really, yeah. the truth is, like, not so much in a score, but in the conversation about it. And that's why, specifically, like, even with the IGN one, if I just read the review, I would have been like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You're, you're on it. You're on it. Exactly. So, um, but basically, if you if you played everything uh, Dungeony on a Switch and it's on sale one day, maybe check out Baldo <laughs> or maybe not. But uh, sure. hey, I'll probably beat it. Sure. So uh, can I talk about Life is Strange True Colors? Okay, please? that's a that's an upgrade from Baldo, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Okay. I don't love this game. I, yeah. I don't. I don't. Uh, um, okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So like on Friday, it was I think when the review embargo lifted and everyone's writing about this game saying this might be my game of the year. This is great. All this sort of stuff. And I, I had expected that because in I've never played a Life is Strange game before. I played the first episode of the first game when I was in college because it was free. And then I never touched him ever again. So it was that good that you just could not go back to it (laughs) it was free and i was like well i'm not gonna pay (laughs) i was like i'm I'm broke i'm not gonna buy this game um i know that you are a fan of the second one at at the very least Mm -hmm. right if you have you played the whole series or just the second one um i have never played it myself i've only that's right i've only watched it through claire so claire claire played the first one she liked it um uh, enough like it's not like a bad game or anything um, but she uh, played through the second one, and the second one is a much more engaging, action-packed, interesting story, I think, than what Life is Strange 1 was. But that's my opinion sure. and her opinion. So so I think perhaps that the things I maybe don't like about Life is Strange, True Colors, are the reasons why people really like <laughs> Life is Strange True Colors. <laughs> Weirdly enough, very similar to the conversation we just had about Baldo. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, all right. Let me let me first say that, so on Metacritic, this is, they, they break it up by, like, platform, uh, but on PS5, it's an 81, PC, 82, and Xbox Series X, it's an 83. So, like, right in that. the PS4. The PS4 is a, a, a bustling 85. 85, excuse me, based off of eight reviews that's well done ps4 <laughs> version of this game uh so okay let me let me talk about what i like and then then i okay 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 <laughs> i i think that the main character is great i like her a lot i think she is animated wonderfully like her face is great especially for a game that is not going for a realistic art style necessarily like it's it's not not but it's a lot more cartoony that cannot be said for a lot of the other characters <laughs> who like whoa your face doesn't move <laughs> yeah um and, and you know whatever like not a huge deal as long as the main character is great uh this is a really weird little thing that i really like her glasses look fantastic and by that i mean like the reflection that comes off of them is not like they're not overly reflective in the way that i think a lot of glasses are in video games because like i don't know i i just think it captures like the reflections really well and, and all that sort of stuff. I like the, I think it's, it's a good looking game. I think that the music's really good. I watched a video of the DMCA version of the game because uh, apparently life is strange has a lot of, uh, like as a series has a lot of licensed music in it. Uh, licensed music that I would not listen to personally, but yes, uh, licensed music. It is. <laughs> when I sat down with this with Elena, cause I, cause I wasn't necessarily planning on playing this, but based on the reviews and, 
I was like, oh, Elaine and I don't have anything to play right now necessarily. Like, let's sit down and do this one. And, we, you know, we just got done with The Walking Dead season one. So it's like, this is the same sort of thing, but less zombies. Um, and, like, the music's great. You got some Phoebe Bridges. You got some other people that I knew but couldn't <laughs> tell, tell you songs of. But Elena was like, that's them. I was like, okay. Is it Haley Kyoka? Something like that. I was like, okay, okay, okay. But in the DMCA version, it just takes all that out. And there's a very important scene where two people are listening, where Alex, the main character, and her brother Gabe are listening to a Kings of Leon song. And they like start, like, she plays the air guitar and she like <laughs> takes a broom and she starts like strumming it like a guitar. And then he's like air drumming. And it's just dead silent. Oh. If you don't have the, if you have the DMCA, like, if, like for streaming and stuff yeah, yeah. on dead silent and it's just them stomping around like it's, it's pretty it's funny though <laughs> very funny um so that's what i like uh, that's not a lot um <laughs> this game feels like i want to play it in like 0.175 speed uh, uh excuse yeah. me like 0.75 speed or excuse me 1.75 speed because it takes so long to, for anyone to say anything and it's very slow and I am fine with a slow burn, but it is like painfully slow um, because I think it's a little bit more focused on like the themes and like the vibe and all that. And like, while that's good, I it just doesn't like translate very well for me because a conversation that is five lines takes place over the course of a minute and a half. And it's like, hmm, maybe we could have sped this up a little bit more. Uh, I also think coming right off The Walking Dead, like the conversation options that you have are like, there's a lot that you can say in The Walking Dead. You have three things you can say at any given time. And they usually, you know, vary pretty wildly. But with a lot of the things that Alex has the option to say, like they're like really similar and it's not very clear what the outcome is going to be for either one always, which I think is not how you want to do it. Right. Like you want to be like, make the player like, no, oh, this is what I'm saying. Right. Or like, this is what's going to happen if I say that. Uh, and like, what's more, like, there's a lot of stuff you can look at. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because, yeah, you, you know, you get to learn about the history of this small little town and, and all that sort of stuff. But to me, it, Elena and I just stopped looking at it because it was like, what is important and what is not important. And there's like no way that the game like distinguishes those things in the background and whatever. I, think the dialogue is really bad like really bad and like i know like one i remember might say hella bad right hella bad yes i remember that when the first one came out it got a lot of flack for being like trying to capture like what teenagers talk like but it was written by someone who's like 35 you know i don't i don't know if that's true or not but that's how it felt like it felt very out of touch with how kids actually talk uh and while the characters in this are older it still doesn't feel very good and very right. So here's a, spo a little spoiler, but I mean, like it's on the box. So like, get off my back. Uh, your brother dies and that's what the game is about. And during his wake, some stuff happens and you leave and you go up to your room and his friend who's like your age comes up and she starts, she's really upset and, and she's like, Hey, I'm really sorry. Like that, that all went down like that. Like I'm here for you and all that. And then you sort of start, talking about stuff and she gets upset because you're living in her brother's old, your brother's old apartment and all this sort of stuff. And so you guys play foosball and Justin, I've never played foosball in a video game. I used to have a foosball table when I was a kid. Did you ever play awesome. foosball in gym class? 
in gym like foosball. Yeah, they, as a human foosball, they like tie ropes to a bunch of students and like put them in That's a line. So and fun. And then like you could only move no. so far and you had to be in a straight. It was really awesome. It was one of my That's favorite awesome. activities that we did. And it was always like one that we're like, can, can we play fo- human foosball again? And our teacher's like, no, do the pacer test. And we're like, no, why? That's actually awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's not fun in life is strange. And what's more is so you do it once. And I was sitting there with Elena like, wow, I want to let you know, Elena. I don't know how you thought that felt that con- <laughs> that controlled so bad, so bad. And then you played again, not once, not twice. You play it three times Ooh. in a row. You play two out of three. And while you're doing this, this is, by the way, your brother's wake is going on downstairs. You left the wake. And then this girl comes up and you're playing her in foosball. And she randomly, like very abruptly, after being very upset about this whole brother situation is like, so like, are you into girls or what? And like, it's very abrupt, and I think that the main character is, so I'm like, yeah, sure. And then it just never comes up again. Cool. <laughs> like it's not addressed. It's 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 it just it doesn't feel very good the way that like the characters talk to each other and, and it feels like very like Tumblr from 2014, 2015. And again, that might be what people like about it, and I'm sure that is what people like about it, based on the tone and like what this series has been, but it just doesn't like resonate with me basically at all um so we played two episodes of it out of um oh out of five five okay yeah Uh, also and this is not like necessarily a huge issue this game runs really bad like really bad you're playing it on your phone right i'm playing it on my phone yes no i'm playing it on the ps5 uh the load times are like they're not like like that long but compared to how PS5 games are supposed to be loading it's like, you know, 45 seconds. So like that's a I don't know, significant amount of time to be sitting looking at a little record player spinning. Um the frame rate is capped at 30, which is interesting because 60 has sort of been what these games are shooting for and some people were like, "Oh, maybe that's going to be patched in." And uh, this is from the official Life is Strange Twitter account on September 9th. They said, regarding frame rate, Life is Strange True Colors was designed to be a cinematic performance-driven narrative adventure. Capping at 30 frames per second allowed us to target a higher cinematic fidelity on every platform. Um, so film is 30 frames per second. That's just how movies are made. And I think TV too. Um, but that doesn't, mean anything <laughs> like like yeah. but you're playing a video game and uh that would be fine like 30 frames per second is fine because that's what you know the standard has been and then now that it's been up bumped up to 60 it's kind of weird that it's not at 60 but whatever but the game struggles to get 30 frames and uh i was looking around in the settings you can turn ray tracing on it's defaulted off and you turn it on and it like it chugs and and doesn't even look that different um to the point where like I, I don't know. I don't really notice that sort of stuff. It's it's only been in this recent console generation that I've understood why 60 is so like great, but it is, it is really noticeable and it like hiccups and, and hitches. And I've had characters T posing and like, it's been not very solid. <laughs> yeah. I think the game aside, I don't want I'm not defending the dick game. Cause that sounds like painful, but I think right now we're at such a weird spot with video games that are released for more than just one system. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we talked last week about this with Horizon about how even though it was initially made for uh f- for not Forbidden West, right? So Horizon yeah. Forbidden West, how that game was initially made on PS4 hardware, but they're 
changing things to make it run better on the PS5, which essentially means there's two ways cutscenes run. There's two ways everything like works between mm-hmm. the two systems. We've seen it with Cyberpunk uh, very clearly. Obviously, yes. But like now these companies that, uh, I'm not sure the company who made this, but uh, it's published, published by, by Square, Square Enix, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so it's published by Square, which is still a big company, but um, the it, Don't Nod is the developer and it's published by Square, right? Uh, Deck Nine, yes. This I believe this is a new... A new company? Th- yeah, so they made Life is Strange Before the Storm. They're doing the remastered collection okay. Okay, and then cool. True Colors. Okay. Um, it, it, so, r- real quick, like I, I want to... I, I'm not trying to dog on this game too hard because at the end of the day I am enjoying it but I think I'm enjoying it for maybe the wrong reasons like Elena and I are watching it and like having a great time being like <laughs> come on yeah, yeah. you know um, uh, uh, like like it is just it is very much what it is yeah. <laughs> and I know that that's not very like very helpful in terms of like should I play this or not um, but I think like so I, th- I thought this might have been different because of the way people had been talking about it in comparison to the original ones, but it is very much more of that, which, yeah. So I think this seems to be pretty much in line with Life is Strange 1. Yeah. In terms of, like, the tone and the story and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, The writing is like that in in that game. It's like that in 2. Like, they definitely have that kind of, like, slow-pacedness of it. Um, The first one, though, does have an interesting subplot involving a serial killer. Which Isn't brings the up the plot? action. What? Isn't that the main plot of the game? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's like an interesting like back back thing to at least get the action going. So it does build yeah. pretty well to that. Oh, uh, her powers are stupid, by the way. I thought it was empathy. What's stupid about empathy, Peter? Don't you? Don't, uh, and, aren't emotions important? They are important. But uh, it's like we're psychonauts too. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Because here's the thing. Elaine and I were talking about this a lot. Empathy. That's an emotion. That's that's the ability that you have to relate to other people, right? right? And people, you know, some people have different levels of being able to do that and whatever. I don't know. I think I'm a pretty empathetic person, I would say. Um, but the game markets her powers as having empathy, and she doesn't have empathy. She feels the feelings that other people are feeling. She doesn't understand them. She just, like, if someone's really mad, she gets really mad in a way that's, like... Oh, so she, like, mimics their emotion? Correct. She doesn't understand their emotions. She just gets them, which is, like, not, at least in my opinion, super interesting. (laughs) Because there's a part really early on where Gabe comes, picks you up. You get dropped off on the bus. Gabe's your brother. And uh, you stop in to this flower shop, and you're picking up flowers for his girlfriend because him and his girlfriend are in a fight. And, like, you never tap into his emotions. But we were thinking, we were saying, like, it would have been cool if you felt, like, Oh, I can tell Gabe is anxious. Why is he anxious? Oh, he's anxious because he's his girlfriend's mad at him. Let's mm-hmm. go. Like, let's explore that. Or what can I say to make him feel a little bit better about his anxiety or whatever? But no, it's just it's very like it, it, it is not empathy in the way that the emotion or the way that we can understand empathy. It's like mimicking emotions in a different way. Does yeah. that make sense? No, yeah, absolutely. I, like, I mean, I think the the joke when this game was first announced was the idea that your superpower is empathy. <laughs> and like, and, and kind of like... That could have been cool. Yeah. That's what yeah. Psychonauts is all about. Because in Psychonauts, there are no bad guys, right? I mean, like, it's pretty much just like, 
No, there aren't. Uh, kind of. No, no, no like, I'm just I'm just laughing because of how they resolve the the bad guy characters. Right. But, yes. You know, but yeah. No. Yeah. But they, the, the bad guys are people to be understood. Yeah, they're not exactly. people who are just like whatever. We, and I think that's we all a, have a bad guy inside of us. Exactly. And and I think that that's a really cool way to take, uh, you know, like storytelling and stuff, especially if you're making a story about people's brains. And like that's sort of also true in Life is Strange so far. But, like, it's not done in an interesting way, in my opinion. It's very, like, surface level. Also, the game takes place in Colorado. And um, I know that because they tell you every 90 seconds. It's, Col- <laughs> it's like Colorado flags. Or they're like, um, we actually have a dispensary here. And it's like, oh, interesting. Um, Welcome to Illinois, friends. I was going to say, I was like, this does not hold up because it takes place in 2019. And it's like, "Mm, I think the pandemic may have had an impact in this game because like this is it's it's (laughs) is it across the nation at this point or is is it state by state? No, the uh, legalization of recreational marijuana. Oh, no, it's it's state by state. It's 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 all over the place. Got it. But it's still like it's like. Oh, we have weed here in Colorado. It's like, yes. <laughs> that's becoming a thing now. Um, there's a very important conversation that takes place in this dispensary. Um, it's very emotional. And in the background, there's a bong that just looks like an alien. And I'm like, listen, can we have this conversation elsewhere? <laughs> like, Hey, all I'm is remembering not... is a great scene from The Last of Us Part Two involving... That's a great, that's a great scene. Some legal or not legal marijuana is that legal you think in a all right all right justin we're shutting down the podcast because we're going to talk about this for 20 minutes why in the last of us part two you yo, yo everyone wants to talk about plot holes yeah want to talk about last of us plot holes let's talk about the weed in the last of us <laughs> this guy uh and by the way i know nothing about weed um the, uh, <laughs> drugs in general this guy whatever his name was used to be a firefly right and has this huge marijuana operation running out of this like rundown like library or something like that like he has so much mm-hmm. why not make jackson like a like make their export weed they would be the most lucrative place and as the world starts to rebuild and stuff you you trade people like yo we, we have weed it'd be like Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Like that would be such a game changer for people who you're trading with or whatever. Yes. But but if you zombies, have like an industry like that, wouldn't that like unregulated uh create more potential issues? I have no idea. Moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So anyway, yeah, uh, Life is Strange is is exactly what it is, and it's I'm disappointed because I thought it was going to be a little bit different. Um, so I guess that's on me for not for for my expectations. But uh, so, and just fine. just vi- like surface level, you just beat the Walking Dead stuff, right? Yeah. Why do those games work when Life is Strange doesn't for you? Because the uh, because of the writing and because of the characters because. All of those characters in The Walking Dead feel really memorable and they talk differently and they all have their own motivations and desires and all this stuff. And, you know, this is a game that came out in 2012, so it's not perfect. But in Life is Strange, everyone talks like a quippy kid. Mm. You know, like everyone talks like everyone's like clever and like funny. It reminds me of the difference between um, I watched like four episodes of 13 Reasons Why back when that came out. (laughs) And then I immediately watched... um, American Vandal, which is a show about yeah, <laughs> it's it's like a mockumentary that takes place in a high school. It's yeah. excellent if you haven't seen it. Um, 
and the kids are written in American Vandal like real kids where they're all like I don't know they all have different personalities and some of them are stupid some of them are smart some of them are mean some of them are nice all this sort of stuff like there's a lot of variation that feels really natural and then in 13 reasons why everyone is like quippy and like you know what I mean? I Life mean, is strange as a feels teacher, like it was I wish my students were like they were in Life is Strange. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I yes. wish that was what I had. But but no, yes. you don't get that. You get a lot of just like staring. Yeah, that makes confusion. sense. Well, there's a lot of staring in Life is Strange. Yeah. There's like a lot of silence and just anyway. Uh, a lot of tea posing as well, but I digress. <laughs> anyway, Justin. Did you hear about this Apple epic thing? Do you, you know what Fortnite is? <laughs> Uh-huh. Are you do you know what well, iPhones are? Now that I can't play it on my iPhone, I have no idea. Sure, sure, sure. Well, that might be changing soon because um, the verdict is out. <gasps> if, you, if you aren't aware, dear listener, Epic Games makes a, a video game called Fortnite, <laughs> which um, has seen some popularity in recent times. And, <laughs> and uh, they got in trouble and got taken off the App Store on like the, the the Apple App Store because of an issue res- revolving around like in-game purchases and they Epic and Apple have been in a lawsuit for quite some time since like November or so of last year and it's been resolved and Epic Games has won the lawsuit but lost a lot of money <laughs> Um, yeah, what's up? So, I mean, technically, if we're looking at it, if we're looking at a straight numbers game, Epic lost more things than it won. Sure. Um, like, like Apple was basically like, they won a bunch of the issues except for one specific mm-hmm. one, which is going to cost them millions and millions of dollars. Yes. Yes. But Epic did, in fact, lose a lot, too. Like, I don't actually know I mean, what Epic gained from all of this. I'm not a legal expert, but I don't know. Because it's not back on the App Store, is it? Um, it could it be. It might be coming, though, it, it right? It could be, potentially, so they could get it back there, but I think from the beginning of this whole thing, it seemed like, really, what Epic was doing was the fact that they had have money to be able to, like, fight against this big corporation, which is ironic, because Epic is also a big corporation, but, like, yeah. their move here, their whole thing, was that they didn't think it was right that, that the App Store is basically putting... Um, saying that you can only purchase stuff in an app through the app store. Yes. You have to, you can't do it like independently. You can't have your own thing. Like the issue with this was Epic was like, uh, you can buy V bucks on this website that, or this thing through our, through the, the game, not through Apple. And Apple's like, wait a second. No, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, and this is something that impacts a lot of smaller developers, right? Because mm-hmm. they're losing profit on, anything that they have in gap in game purchase wise because apple's taking a cut of it and apple's whole stance is like well we're the ones who are running this we're the ones who are giving it to the allowing people to download it on this device so we should just we should take a cut of it is basically yeah. where this all stemmed from um but now they can't do that anymore they have to be really mad <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, and they're, they're, I, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but when this lawsuit came down, the, the Apple stock dropped significantly. Oh, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I have to imagine they are not happy at this moment. Yeah. So because, just, I mean, yeah, go on. Just, just a quick thing. Um, so basically, Epic is going to be paying $3 million to Apple 
for sales that they they did through this in-app purchase, uh, through their own personal epic in-app purchase of V-Bucks or whatever. They also yeah. have to pay like a, a percentage of sales that they made between a, a certain window that it was on the App Store as well. Um, but the the bigger thing is the fact that um, the uh, this is according to an article from PC Gamer um, that was written by Rich Stanton. Um, basically summing up what Apple has to do here. It says, The court has ruled that it's unfair for Apple to prevent app makers from advertising their own prices and purchase methods. In other part of the ruling, the court also takes issue with the arbitrariness the arbitrariness of Apple's 30% commission fee, noting that it was set almost by accident and without considering operational costs, benefits to users, or value to developers, which is kind of huge. Like, that's a huge revenue stream for Apple comes from the percentage they make off the in-app purchases, but now the courts are like, you can't prevent them from advertising, and 30%, why? we got to make a a specific reason for why you're taking this commission fee. So That, That makes sense. So basically, Epic's like, yeah, $3 million sucks, but... Well, like, that's the thing. You know, you said that they lost a lot, I'm sure. Obviously, $3 million and then whatever other fees and and the other things that you had mentioned in terms of what they have to pay. But at the end of the day, they're going... If and when Fortnite comes back on the App Store, they are going to make a lot more money. Mm -hmm. Because they're going to be... They're not losing 30%, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think think this is the sort of thing that the that epic probably weighed and said like all right we have we could lose this much money but how much are we losing every year or every month or whatever by complying with all of this and do you think we can you know i'm sure they sat around with their lawyers and whatever and said do you think we could win this and it's like yeah, yeah. so and cost benefit analysis probably and plus like epic famously has more money than they know what to do with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you know giving it back to uh developers in their epic game store they're still you know the the free games that they offer on that like they are doing so many good things for video games um yeah. other than just like taking down apple or attacking apple or standing up to apple so uh yeah. again good 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 on you epic uh hopefully you got what you need and uh apple you know um i'm sorry you're gonna lose some money hope it doesn't impact the development of the next iphone which i will blindly buy day one uh but uh maybe be a little bit more open and honest about why you do what you do remember when um epic used to make gears of war ah yeah yeah who'd have thought who'd have thought that the chainsaw gun people would make a (laughs) hammer smash an apple company thing yeah, it got away from both of us there, didn't it? Did. It? it did, the metaphor. I was trying to go <laughs> yeah. like Gallagher out, but it didn't yeah, yeah, end no, up it's that all good, way. It's all good, all good. Basically, just smash a watermelon, and then we're good. Cool. So let's talk about Sony, man. You're not, not much to talk about. No, nothing really. So anyway, so, that's anyway, the show, guys. It's been hitbox. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah. Here's what's whack, man. Like, last week, we had this you know conversation saying, like, Sony, what are you doing with this Horizon Forbidden West stuff? And and these upgrades, and like, wh- like you are so not aware about, like, what people want from you. And then all they had to do, get us to come crawling back, was say, all right, listen, PlayStation Showcase, Thursday, be there, be square. And I had egg on my face on our show last week because I'm <laughs> like, there's all these people like with these wish lists saying, we're getting God of War 2, we're getting Spider-Man 2, we're getting all these things. And uh, 
Yeah, we got that. Oh my gosh, we got that. Uh, so let's run down the list here and, and and talk about what was shown off. So uh, let's go through everything first, and then uh, we can talk about these things individually. So we got the they opened the show with the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake. Uh, they showed off Project Eve, which is like a Bayonetta meets Near Automata kind of thing. There was Tiny Tina's Wonderland, which is uh, Borderlands D&D. Uh, Forspoken, which is a game. Uh, Rainbow, Rainbow Six Extraction. Alan Wake Remaster. GTA V, the PS5 version. Uh, release date. Ghostwire Tokyo. Gardens of the Galaxy. Vampire Blood Hunt. Deathloop. Uh, Kid Amnesia Exhibition, which was... Um, like a digital album or something. A Radiohead yeah, it's like a, and Epic for Radiohead. Store. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know what that's all about. Uh, and then Tachia, which is like a very cute... I'm sure that they've never heard that. Well, they probably wouldn't. Does Tachia stand for anything? Is it like a name? I'm sure it's in. I'm sure in the game it is explained. But it's like it's like a cute little little game you run around an island. Looks a lot like Baldo. So those are my expectations for it. Well, good luck, Tachia. And then so so actually, I want I want to break this into two halves. So that was the first half of the presentation. So There's we're a lot like, of stuff there. We're like 25 minutes in. Yeah. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty much what it like. Star Wars was cool, but that's a big reveal. So then, OK, I guess they're saving, you know, whatever other big reveal for the end, because we saw Deathloop again. Um, some have speculated that the real Deathloop is watching all these PlayStation showcases <laughs> with it in it. Yeah, that's abandoned. <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. Uh, we got some. Ghostwire Tokyo, which is cool because we've not really heard anything from that since it got delayed into 2022. Uh, was there anything in here that really stuck out to you? Uh, yes. It's called yeah, KOTOR Remake. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I've actually never played the originals. I got about a third of the way through the first one, um, mm-hmm. and I just I just stopped for whatever reason. But it's, it's, a, it's both a Bioware game, the good Bioware, and it's yeah. also an old game, and it's old. <laughs> yes you know um the the thing i think that's exciting about this is that i th- it could be like i think the opportunity of what it could be is awesome because if it's just like a new modeled created version of what they had before that's awesome i think yeah i'll play it but if they do something like similar to what they did with the final fantasy 7 and change the battle system they like re- like really like make it so it's like a modern game that would be awesome and i would be into that i think from what it seems like that seems like what they're doing because like ea is not involved with this bioware is not involved with this so it is like a ground up remake of these games i hope my my hope i saw uh, someone talking about this on twitter my hope is that it does lean into the rpg stuff a little bit more because apparently the original really leaned into that stuff and like hopefully it doesn't just become you know like a 3d you know lightsaber fighting game in the way that uh uh, jedi fallen order was and like that wasn't bad by any means but like really leaning into the rpg stuff and the the bioware parts of the game i think will do that well though if you've ever played uh, like dragon age uh, inquisition um or some of the dragon age games like they do a really good job of making it both 
um, okay. like an action-y and RPG kind of connection thing. Like you're still doing basic attacks and like and doing it, but then you have like your your um, special powers that you have to um, wait for them to have a cool down timer on. But you're also like choosing how to upgrade your character. Are you an attack, an offensive or defensive character? So there's definitely like a formula that could work for this. Um, mm-hmm. And even if it is just like what Final Fantasy VII was, I would be super happy with that. I mean, I liked that game quite a bit. I did too. So much that I didn't finish it. Well, that's that's <laughs> not so much on you as on the fact no. that when you by the time you started playing it, there's a million other things out. <laughs> yes, yes, um, yeah. So I'm excited for that. Project Eve looked pretty good. I thought it was a near game. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think it's interesting that you mentioned the Bayonetta connection because you did get that really hypersexualized stuff going on there, which yeah, I don't not, know, I don't like love. if that, we have a place of that in, right now, but. Um, it, some of the visuals look really cool though. Like it looked yeah, pretty as hell. I appreciated the like little bits of story that we got more than anything about like, you know, there's these aliens coming down and, and the, what I really liked about near automata was it's how stylish it's combat was. And like, even though, you know, you're not necessarily hitting a lot of different inputs, it felt really good to, to play and to slash things up and stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree though, but like she seems pretty sexualized yeah, right. <laughs> At least from that one trailer it was like all right all right i don't know if, i don't remember what the developer is but it's like that's slow, slow the roll there um this <laughs> this game too is also pretty interesting because um uh this is just kind of based off an article on uh inverse.com um written by who are you they make it hard to find it yeah i think it's thomas Frenz. frenzy yeah frenzy um, uh, friend of the show. Friend of, oh, awesome. Well, it, <laughs> yes. uh, Thomas seems to allude to the fact that even though this was announced for many things, recent marketing for uh, Project Eve has only been about PS5, meaning that mm-hmm. there could be some uh, some sort of exclusivity deal um, about yeah. that too, which again is just, even if it's like a timed exclusive kind of thing, that could be a good, that seems to be the, the way that Sony is going to make sure that you, you purchase their stuff a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm probably gonna play this. <laughs> I mean, depend. Obviously, need depending need on when more. it comes out. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um. And there are other factors, but it it has my attention. Alan Wake remaster. We talked about this as a rumor yesterday. Uh, not yesterday. Last week, and then like the next day after we recorded this, <laughs> they came out and were like, "All right, Alan Wake remastered. It's official." Um, I mean, that would have been a banger if it wasn't even leaked beforehand or announced beforehand. Yeah. Like that would have been an awesome reveal. With it coming out, what October fifth? October fifth. Yeah. Um, that's gonna be a big month <laughs> but it does look like a better version of alan wake not like a new in- yes imagining of it which i will say like I, you know me i love alan wake i was alan wake for halloween several years in a row you know why because when i was a kid my mom was always like it's really cold you got to make sure that you're layered up yeah you had like coming up alan wake is the most layered person in video game history that man's wearing a hoodie a blazer an overcoat Uh, a t-shirt what's that like ice climbers like they're pretty they're pretty like they uh, they are pretty layered up that's very true yeah only um, their face is sticking out that's that's very true they have the head coverage yeah they're like a counter like an a a counter example of a person who should be dressed warmer at nathan drake in uncharted 2 like he's just wearing his like a little parka yeah Right, he need, he's must be cold climbing that little train with his little bare hands. I was gonna say he doesn't have even when he does get a jacket, he does put one on. His hands are still out, and he's holding guns and he's touching metal surfaces. Nathan uh, Drake, 
Put on a jacket. Be be like Alan Wake. Come on. Yeah. Be like Alan Wake, Nathan Drake. Um, It's kind of a fun little rhyme there. But yeah, I'm going to play this game. And, and, you know, you and I talked like... it doesn't look that different, <laughs> like all things considered, like the, the before and after screenshots. But for me, I don't think that really matters because if it just looks better and is the same game, I don't really care. Have they, like, have they announced about the, the potential it. DLC? Because I know we talked about like maybe they would have. Yes. So it has the two DLCs, the writer and the something else. American Nightmare is not included with this. Mm. And I'm actually, I would be curious to revisit it, that if I even could. I'm, I don't even know if that's on like sale, like if you can buy that. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe just wait like a little bit and then you'll have yeah. a PS5 version of it for 10 extra dollars that you can get. Right. A little upgrade but, uh, version. Um, I would be curious to see what happens with that because Control, AWE, the DLC, talks about what happens to Alan Wake afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that DLC, the American Nightmare, if I'm remembering correctly, is not like a, it is a sequel, but it's not like a literal sequel, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to play this and I'm excited for it. Anything else on here? Stuck out? Guardians of the Galaxy I'm going to play. We'll talk about. Yeah. That's also October. Yeah, I think um, Guardians of the Galaxy could be interesting. I think the thing that. I think what's going to benefit this game is the same thing you're talking about with Life is Strange True Colors. I think a lot of these trailers don't have actual licensed music in it. That was a whole kerfuffle during the initial uh, reveal of it at E3 about how yeah. they had a, like all the streaming rights with it and how it was complicated. But I think mm-hmm. just like Guardians of the Galaxy, one of the things that makes that movie so great is the soundtrack. You yeah. know, like how it just like completely puts you in that mood of those characters. So having the music actually being the music that they have intended and licensed for all this stuff, um, I think might hit better than what they got for the trailers as they're going through it. But yeah, I, I still think the story looks great. Um, I think the gameplay might be the worst part of this. But I'll say this. this. In the trailers for the gameplay, I'm like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, but I, I still think the story alone will be enough to get me through it. And if the gameplay is just decent, cool. I'm down with it. Right. As long as it is not like, uh, like yeah. as long as it's not like a slog, like then you're you're gonna be all right, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Death Loop. By the time you're listening to this, I will be playing Death Loop. <laughs> Ooh. I, I I mean, because I'm gonna buy it because um, <laughs> it comes out on Tuesday. What did you think of Forspoken? Oh, um, I'm okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wrote, I, I wrote my notes. Yeah. This is PlayStation as hell. LOL. <laughs> yes. I, I'll say this. I'm sort of over the, and this is like, if I say like the marvelization of main characters, do you know what I mean by that? Can you expound pretending I don't know what that means? Yes, I can. Uh, and I am in, before you all get in the comments calling me, you know, uh, saying that I am contradicting myself as a fan of Marvel, I'm getting sick of this in Marvel too, where like the main character is like quippy all the time and like gets knocked across the room and is like, well, that happened. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I get that it's charming. I get that it's charming and, and all that, but like, this seemed like a lot for me. I, I do. Th- I, I think that is potentially what is one of the things that worries me about Deathloop. Um, it, right. Same be- thing. Yes. Because like, I just feel like 
everything you see of that game, I don't think there's going to be a cutscene in that game. It's just going to be like everything they show you looks like it's just like stills from a from a camera that's going around in developer <laughs> yeah, mode. Yeah. So like I I think that will will make the story hard for me to to care about in Deathloop. Mm-hmm. Whereas at the very least, I think Forspoken does have that like cinematic angle behind some of these things and yes. and I think at least getting more information about like you know getting transported to this new world and having superpowers I know what the game is and guess what I bet you any money I'm gonna platinum it you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I will say I like her design a yeah. lot when she's got the big the hood and stuff but then like the you know basketball shoes or whatever yeah like it's it, it's cool but yeah I, I don't know I I might play this depending on when it comes out and how people talk about it. But this is not something that like really got me um, in a way that other trailers were interesting to me. I thought that the the other the the trailer that came out the last time we heard about this where she's like, is that a motherfucking dragon? Like, I thought that was kind of fun. But in this one, it just it was fine. Uh, I do have to say, though, uh, spring of 2022, I mean, a lot of stuff's going to come out in 2022. If there's nothing around that window, that's going to be a good time for me to play games, usually. That in, like, yeah. my life and my schedule, so that would be yeah. that would Is be that a when positive this coming thing. Out? Yeah. Oh, so we're pretty close, then. I mean, like, relatively, like, six months. <laughs> oh, man, a lot's got to happen before that. I just wish I could yeah. time travel my life away sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Yeah, so we'll, we will see about that. I, I'm not trying to be too down on it. Um, it just didn't necessarily grab me. You excited but, for that Radiohead exhibit? <laughs> let me tell you, when I saw that, I was like, "Is this like a, spe- a concert in Fortnite?" And it's close to it, right? Isn't it like a like a rate? It, it's like a digital album thing. What kind, is it? You, kind of. You, I, well, I know I, you're like, a big Radiohead head. It feels like um, it feels like Blue Box Games is trying to explain <laughs> something to me whenever I look up this. Like it's yeah, just like I, it's a real time experience of music in an app that you can get immediately that's not horror you know that's what i'm that's what that's sense i'm getting you went to the van gogh exhibit right did i see that on? i did not go that uh claire went but i didn't okay well to me it seems like that where it's like an experience where there is uh sorry if you're not familiar with the happenings of local (laughs) art exhibits (laughs) um there is like a vincent van gogh exhibit that has like some paintings but then also like projectors playing and like music playing and stuff like that so like it's le- it's it's more than just going in and being like oh that's a good painting uh it's you i assume that's how people appreciate art um i just <laughs> like, like make you, up stories about art like i'll go to yeah. it and like just being yes yes this one is from his uh darker period um but uh you can tell by the brush strokes that it was uh the the upswing of his darker period quite <laughs> quite uh yeah i think it's like that so so basically all of that gets announced and i'm sitting there like this is a pretty standard thing let's see what what's the big thing at the end because you know you start with kotor and like that's a big deal yeah and then by the way when it was like lucas arts i was like oh and then like, they what is mentioned this? something about the sith and i was like oh <laughs> um yeah and then they had some guy come out. <laughs> i don't remember just who some it was. dude I, I don't remember who it was wasn't it Ryan? no he was at the beginning oh um herman there holst. was someone else in the second half what was that herman holst yes he came out and he was like, we're excited to show you what the future of PlayStation Studios is up to. Uh, here we go. And I was sitting there. I was like, I thought we had seen some PlayStation Studio stuff at this point in the presentation and we had not. And that's when um, this presentation started losing its mind. Like, that's <laughs> when it was like, oh, my gosh. So 
Well, I would it's, say not quite yet because the next, the first announcement was just kind of like, oh, so Sony's still doing this upgrade uh, thing. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> With, so they announced um, uh, Uncharted 4 and Uncharted Lost Legacy are being remastered and coming to the PlayStation 5 and PC, which I guess is a big deal if you're a PC fan who's not been able to experience these games. But I don't know. I was, I just recently played Uncharted 4. I've not played Lost Legacy. Um, I want, I would like to, but some, this might be the time, but yeah, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's more fine. That. Yeah. And then <laughs> we got the teaser trailer for Wolverine mm-hmm. by Insomniac Games, which by the way, <laughs> earlier in the presentation, it goes Marvel, the logo. And, everyone, and I was like, <gasps> and it goes Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then it does it again, does Marvel. And the, you know, this is the PlayStation Studios section. So it's like, oh, these are the big boys. And then you're like watching it. You're like, oh, this doesn't look like Spider-Man. <laughs> and then it's a guy sitting drinking at a bar. The bar's wrecked. Some guy gets up with a knife and then his claws come out and it cuts. It's Wolverine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, th- that like, I, I'm, I'm going to, I fully know that this will not be coming out for a while. We're probably talking I, about the 2023 at the very <laughs> earliest. If that, right. If that. Yeah. Um, but talking about hype moments, like yeah. that was pretty, that was pretty on point. <laughs> Cause like, I think, I don't know. I, did you put it together that it was Wolverine before the claws came out? No, I'm an idiot. Uh, well, I, Cause here's the thing. I came upon the realization that it was Wolverine as like, the second that the claws were coming out, I was like, oh, it's Wolverine. Oh, it's Wolverine. Uh, yeah, that was that's pretty sweet. I'm going to be excited to see what they do with that. Insomniac has literally been lit on fire. Yeah. With, wait, I don't know how they're doing it. Like, this is I awesome. Like, I, I th- clearly there's like so much going behind the scenes with this deal other than it just like we like your games. We're going to hire you. Like, there's like some deals and stuff that were put into place like yeah. with Marvel, clearly. Um uh sony and uh x-men does sony still own x-men or do they lose that sony never owned x-men they never um, did universal nope. owned x-men nope fox owned X-Men? studios <laughs> fox did fox now fox is with marvel which is even more co- like right now Correct. fox is with marvel right well the marvel has the x-men again cool so i don't know if fox studio i don't know if they are 20th century fox is owned by disney but i know that Marvel, once again, has the rights to make X-Men movies. Cool. So um, that's even more complicated, but still awesome. Because clearly, hey, a, a relationship between Disney, Marvel, and Sony, I'm down with that. Hold on. I think I'm right. No, yeah, that sounds right. Hold on. <laughs> I don't want to get this wrong. <laughs> yes, 20th Century Fox. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, yes. So we'll be curious to see they have stated that uh, insomniac at least for, if i'm remembering correctly from headlines that i saw they've said hey this is a standalone thing this is not like like don't expect to see spider-man in this it's not like an avengers or, right right uh, or anything like that um so yeah that is was pretty cool yeah that to me was the highlight i don't even know because then the next thing that happened was pretty oh uh, excuse me no no saw, okay okay you're looking you forward to Gran Turismo Turismo. Um, i think i wrote but is this game actually going to be fun <laughs> they're like real life car simulation all these decals like the, it was a hype moment from wolverine to them showing how to put a sticker on a damn car and i was like not a good <laughs> progression sony I don't know. I'm sure Gran Turismo fans are excited or car fans are excited. Car fans are excited for Forza Horizon that's going to come out later this year. And Gran Turismo, cars, is lightning lightning (gasps) in this? 
what if? Can you imagine that realistic game? And then it's like Lightning McQueen, except I don't like even a human like cars, comes out of I him. Would, I would a, buy a human it. comes out of the car, like its eyes just like fade. <laughs> just like lightning's eyes like just lifeless. go down. And then and, and it like droops and just like <laughs> his tongue is just. <laughs> 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 Do you see that thing in The Simpsons? That's like, if the cars and cars, if gasoline is their food, why do they have teeth? Um, Millhouse is asking the real questions. Yeah, I have nothing to say about Grand Turismo right Seven. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Are you excited? Am I excited about it? No. Do you have anything to say about it? I have nothing to say. I about do have it. to say that it looks going good. back to Forza Horizon, the work that they did in Forza Horizon to like get the sky like mm-hmm. film with like ultra like 8k whatever cameras just sky yeah. like really adds to that game i don't know if you ever played those games but like just looking at how realistic those games look not only are the graphics great but the sky is awesome because it's like realistic literally just like photograph sky um yeah. i noticed that it didn't look that great in um gran turismo so I hate to have that comparison between the two because they are very different games. But like when I'm looking at like what is a good car game, I think Gran Turismo used to be the standard, but I don't know if it's still going to keep that kind of standard anymore of being the kind of car game. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. It's not my cup of tea regardless, but I have no idea. Is this going to be a good one? And uh, it's not a game pass, so I will never buy it. (laughs) So that's fair. (laughs) Yeah. And then they they said Spider Hey Spider Man Two, and I thought it was infamous at first because Miles <laughs> Morales it starts with someone getting shocked into a lamppost, and that was um, that's Miles's uh, Venom Strike, <laughs> and I was like, is it? Yeah, but uh, I wish I better now. This is better than infamous. Well, no, yeah, I, to, yeah, but I like knew Spider Man Two was coming, right? Like, yeah. nothing in my vocabulary would be like, oh, no, Spider Man Two, they're not doing that. But, like, if there was an infamous... I don't know. Well, because to me, it was, like, that they and it just announced Wolverine. So I was like, oh, well, that must be coming before mm. Spider-Man 2 comes. And then, nope, it's here. Yeah. And you got Spider-Man, and you got Miles Morales. I mean, but to the two Spider-Man... It should have been called Two Spider-Men. Ooh. It's, you know? Like, that's a good title. Two yeah. Spider-Men. Two Spider-Men. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then they're, they're, they're beating the snot out of, out of a bunch of bad guys, but who shows up? But Venom. Weren't they He's asking a, Venom for help? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I like, don't know. It was I, unclear. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like go do a, a deep dive into this, but I thought that it was someone else narrating and they were looking for Venom for help, but maybe not. But like, I think that's still awesome. And spoiler alert, we have a teaser for a big major villain who has the color green at the end of both the original Spider-Man and Miles Morales. Green do Goblin. we? Yeah. Is he teased? Yeah, remember, like, we get that, like, in the... Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, clearly they're setting up Green Goblin-y in a really interesting way. Because, by the way, I love the the version um, that Insomniac... Or the, the direction Insomniac took with the characters in Spider-Man. I think that's one of the most refreshing mm-hmm. parts of it, how creative and unique they made everyone. Um, so I, I would love to see their take on Venom. I would love to see their take on the Green Goblin. I would love to see their take on literally anything in the Spider-Man universe, so... I have a theory. Can I tell you my theory? Sure. So in the comics, and I don't mean to be that guy. I don't, I've not read a lot of comic books, but the ones that I read, I read the hell out of, all right? I don't always read comic books, but when I do, I read Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> in the comics, Venom kills Miles Morales' mom. Oh, <laughs> It's very sad. Well, she does. he doesn't kill her, so v- Venom thinks that 
Jefferson Davis, Miles' dad, is Spider-Man. So he shows up to their house and starts ripping shit up. And then Jefferson Davis doesn't know what to do because he's a regular he's like, guy. Uh. Uh, yeah, and so then Miles changes and fights Venom. Uh, his dad gets hurt. They rush into the hospital. His mom's a nurse in the comics. Uh, Venom shows up and starts tearing stuff up again. And then the police show up and they start shooting at Venom and she gets hit in the crossfire. And then she tells Miles, you can never let your dad know. Because his dad doesn't like Spider-Man. She's like, you can never let your dad know that you're Spider-Man. And then she dies. And then he hangs up the suit for like a year and a half. Now, obviously, the dad is dead <laughs> in, in the right, um, right. games. But I think it would be cool. And, and have Miles hang up the suit for a little bit of the game. And like have him come back and make it a thing and, and all that sort of and stuff. And then have an awesome mono, uh, montage with What Up Danger playing in the background and then him putting on the suit. And then, yes. man, that moment is so good. <laughs> Into I, the Spider-Verse. <laughs> yes, when, when, the, when the PlayStation 5 first came out, did you saw that video, right? Yeah. Where someone edited the What's Up Danger scene yeah. with the Spider-Verse suit. Yep. Oh, it's so good. It's so awesome. Again, what, that by the way, Into the Spider-Verse, just yeah. make that a video game. I would, I would dig yeah. the hell out <laughs> yes. of that. Yes, me too. Uh, I, I hope that uh, one of the skins for one of the suits for Peter Parker is the sweatpants. Oh my gosh, they have to. <laughs> I mean, they no have shoes. To. They would have to. Yeah, I mean, you got the, you've got the Sony Ross one. Yeah, yeah. So do it, do it, do it. Just do it. Anyway, uh, that game looks. I mean, they didn't show any gameplay, but twenty twenty three though was was a strong date for me because it kind of just shows like the future of what we're we're talking about here and that's why i think yes. wolverine is going to be a little bit later but i think that's so important to like have a hope for the future and not that yes. what's coming is bad but like seeing that plan seeing that you're going to get this 2023 is going to be an exciting year just like building that hype slowly i think like as long as they don't like overmarket it to a point where it's ridiculous i think having these little teaser announcements is just awesome because it's there and even if they don't mention it for the next two e3s they either could or they don't, and then they just announce it and, when and they're you're ready. Waiting. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, yeah. where is it? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh man, this is gonna like it's gonna be a good game. I, I mean, more, more of more of the Spider-Man stuff is great. Yeah. And but now if they're saying, but you, you know, they said these two games are PS5 exclusives. Yeah. Like you know, thank God. What if though? Right. What if they still had in 2023? <laughs> they still had, but for ten dollars less, you could get it on the PS4. <laughs> it's not a free upgrade though. What if? Oh my gosh, that would be like such a nightmare. But like, th just thinking about like, these games are going to be something big, and these are going to be big event games that like are really going to steal the show for whatever else is coming out at that time. If you're making a game, you stay the hell away from Spider-Man too. You know what I mean? Or Wolverine, <laughs> yeah. whenever that gets gets announced and, and whatever. So, yeah, I, I think that this is going to be good because Miles Morales is a fucking great game. Spider-Man PS4 is a great game, and I want to go back and play them, but who's got the time? Miles Morales is a little bit more doable. It's yeah, shorter, yeah, it's pretty short. Yeah. Though I already played through it twice, so I don't Me know too. if I ever need to do that. <laughs> that um, second playthrough for the Platinum, by the way, I did in one sitting, because I was like, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> like, I just need to sit down <laughs> I think and I did do it in two like hours. two. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. One and then the game. last thing. Yeah. One more game. Uh, God of War Ragnarok, which color me confused, because... Three months ago, Sony Santa Monica was like, "It's not guys. It's not called God of War Ragnarok. Stop calling it that." <laughs> and then I get it, but this is going to be good, I'm sure. So this is the uh, awkward part of this conversation here. Like, 
it kind of did a lot of spoiler things. Yeah, <laughs> for... so I'll say this. So I'm not playing the first, obviously, as, as has been uh, noted on the show in the past. Back when the game came out, I was talking to my older brother about it, and he was like, you know, you know, I liked some of the God of War stuff in the past, but like now it's like so good. And he's like, and like, do you care about spoilers for this game? Are you going to play it? And I was like, nah, never. He's like, well, it's in the trailer now. So if you are curious, either Just go watch the, the trailer or, and then listen to this. But I guess so. But you know, he's like, you know, this is two months after the game comes out. Yeah. So his kid, Atreus, is actually Loki. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's actually a good twist. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, maybe I should have waited. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I was sitting there. I don't know. We were seeing a movie or something like that, and we're waiting for the movie to go on. And I was like, sitting there, like, oh, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so it goes, like, whatever. But yeah, so that that is uh, was straight up just in the trailer, which I guess makes sense because, like, at this point, like, either play the game or I don't. But, but I personally don't think that it would have been hurt at all to not mention that. I don't think, like, I don't think that trailer needed to say that in order for people to be excited about the game. And I think the one thing that is rather like, I'm going to be honest as a a big fan of the original game. I think there's some cool moments in there, but this game seemed to be such like a bigger sandbox to play in and so many more things happening than the original one that I don't think it was a good trailer. Justin, you know me. Yeah. I get stressed out by big video games. Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't, know how big god of war was that 2018 was but um hearing them be like you can go to you're gonna go to online realms was like (laughs) that sounds like a lot (laughs) and i i'll play it and i'll play the first god of war before this comes out because i've got to but to me it also sort of seemed like that first god of war was such a um like it was such a transcendence of what that series was and that if God of War Ragnarok is just like a standard sequel, it will feel like a little bit lessened by that, you know? Yeah, I, I think I'm sure the, I'm sure the game will be at the very least more of the same from the, the God of War. I'm sure right. like it would be hard to not have more of that. Um, oh, by the way, there's something else that was kind of spoiled in that trailer that I don't want to really talk too much about. But like when it happens in the game, it is one of the like most like goosebump creating moments in video game history that was in the trailer it, it was a yes they showed something the uh i don't want to spoil it for you but like i guess you already know you're talking about thor no 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 that's not it oh, okay well then yeah, i don't think too hard about, about it it's it's still one of the best like best built up moments in that game and you'll know it when you get there all but, right um the if it's just the same, I think that'll be fine. Um, I think it's interesting that they keep saying it's going to be the end of this story, of the Norse story. Yeah. Which means it could be pretty interesting by the time we get to the end of this, I think. Like, it, mm-hmm. it'll probably end in a satisfying way. But I think the thing I liked about the first one was you start the game in a cabin, isolated, secluded from everyone except you and Atreus. Mm-hmm. And then you get a knock on the door, and then the world changes. Right. Like, okay. Then you start, like, once you get that knock on the door, you open it up, you meet a character, the rest of the game starts, you meet every character for the first time. It's like it goes from just you and him to everyone. Right. Sure. And I like that. Maybe, though, this one will start off with everyone, and then slowly but surely, you'll lose all those people uh, along the way I like until that. it's just you. 
And that's if that unsweet. happens, that might be, it's a very different game with how it starts, but it goes from getting the band back together to um, uh, losing the band and having the band <laughs> break up for, for yeah. dramatic reasons one way or another. And one of the lines that really, I think, is a strong, interesting line that really kind of like shows the progression from the first game to the, the next one is when Atreus says, stop thinking like a dad and think like a general. And when you play the first game <laughs> or when you're thinking about God of War, the original God, like we're talking about like initial like God of War yes, screaming like and everything like 2, that. Yeah. That's all he was. He was just like a roided out angry person. Right. And now he's to the point where he has his son yelling at him for being too much of a dad. Like yeah. talk about character growth. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Talk about like changes of a character and, and how that theme is changing. Like you finally have Kratos caring about someone to a point where he's not willing to do the thing that is the smartest or the most tactically sound thing because he cares about the people around him. We've never mm-hmm. had that from him before. And now that's his whole character arc. What's yeah. going to happen when he is going to put himself before other people um, mm-hmm. consistently and when it starts to not matter because like the world itself is is already ending and he can't stop it like mm-hmm. i think there there's so many interesting themes that they can cover with this game but i don't think this was a good trailer to get me excited necessarily and i don't know how excited new people would be like you seeing this to be like i want to play this game yes i think something that took away from this trailer was the fact that there was no date not that yeah. there needs to be a specific date, because at this point, that is like not a good idea for anyone. You know what I mean? Like just with the nature of making games right now and delays and stuff like that. But the fact that there didn't even say, you know, 2022, which, you know, everyone thought, not everyone thought, but they, when they announced it, they said it was coming this year and everyone was like, OK, but <laughs> yeah, right. But the fact that there was no 2022 or 2023 or whatever uh, to help people understand when to expect it seemed a little weird because to me if it was supposed to be coming out this year and then we never heard from it until they delayed it um until now as well then i think well then it'll be coming out like a year from now so this seems like playstation's you know winter game if horizon forbidden west is their spring game and and all that sort of stuff you know what i mean yeah absolutely i i think i wouldn't be surprised if this came out early 2023 um, I'd be upset yeah. not at the game just because I want to play it as soon as possible. But right. um, if it means coming out in the spring of 2023 or winter of 2022, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I can wait, but I'll be upset. Yeah. Um, I I did. Did you watch the like kind of like post conference mm-hmm. uh, thing when they were interviewing people? One thing that I think is is really positive about what Sony Santa Monica is doing is it's Sony Santa Monica, right? Okay, um, is how Corey Barlog is not the director of this game. Yeah. And their company policy is to not have the same person direct back-to-back games. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of, like, thinking of burnout and thinking of, like, health of your employees, like, that might suck. People might think, like, well, I love the last Corey Barlog-directed game. Like, I don't know if we want to, um, like, why, why not have him back? I, I think... That is so awesome that they're doing this for the company. And even if Corey is upset, you put your heart and soul into something when you're a director like this. And that's a lot of work, a lot of energy. And it's, you know, that can lead to a lot of burnout from these studio uh, heads or these creative directors um, having to constantly try to reinvent the wheel and like improve upon their already great work. So, well, to your point, like people talk about God of War 2018 in the 
by saying like this is potentially one of the best games ever made and if it's like okay how do i top that (laughs) now he doesn't have to right now someone else gets to do their take on it and uh, you know it's not gonna be like drastically different i imagine but they get to they don't have to worry about the pressure of succeeding where they had succeeded before right right so first of all don't hate on eric williams i think that's eric williams right that's the one i think who's directing it i think so um, so don't hate on him, and Corey's still there, so Corey will be able to help in any way possible. But I think that's so good for the health of everyone um, in order to try to like make sure that you're not burning yourselves out as yeah. a uh, director and as a person. Um, and also sitting here realizing that the game came out in 2018, and a four-year turnaround, if it does come out next year, is not that long. And you know, I, no. I think, uh, again, more that is going through my head 2023 might not be the worst thing in the world for this game to come out with so setting my expectations now well i think you have (laughs) i'm sure it must be infuriating to be a studio and have like watch these things and be like yo insomniac is making us look bad (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean with with miles morales and then ratchet and clank both uh no uh, miles morales was last year but like december or whenever november maybe um and then Ratchet and Clank this year, and it's like, all right, we're taking a break. Now we're taking a break, but like, give us some time. We yeah, will be back. Yeah. Um, but and we just, you know, just the fact sitting there being like, cracking things out. We got factions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna when that eventually gets announced, I'm gonna have a meltdown. <laughs> what if it's like a single player game? Then yes, then that's then, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Then what if I would just... be interested to see to see what it has to say. Yeah. But if it is a multiplayer game. Um, it's gonna be. I'm gonna be extremely disappointed. Because, uh, yeah. Well, we can talk about why in a later <laughs> episode. And apparently, that's quite the unpopular opinion. But um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Baldo's not a four. My unpopular opinion. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's all those Baldo heads who are coming at you. Oh man, I heard. I hear it. I just hear it. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. So thanks. I guess. I'm kidding. I really <laughs> oh, do. I appreciate it. Thanks for <laughs> listening. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thank you so much for listening. We do. We actually, all jokes aside, really do appreciate anyone who tunes in and listens to us below V8 for an hour and some change. It's like an hour and a half. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you are interested, you can follow us on Twitter at HitboxPod or send us an email at HitboxOfficialPodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you wouldn't mind, you're probably listening to this on like either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you wouldn't mind hitting the follow button that's at the top of our page, I know a lot of people, like myself included, I will not subscribe to a podcast, not for lack of wanting to. It's just not something I ever think about, uh, but that does help us out a lot. So we would appreciate it if you uh, would do that or tell a friend or write a review if it is um, on the Apple Podcasts app. Justin, you have anything to add here? Am I forgetting anything? I, I can't like move on without mentioning the word, the fact that you use bloviate. <laughs> bloviate? Yeah, it's yeah. that's, that's like... That's a word, right? I make that no, up? no, no. That's a word. No, that like you use like it's just I was not expecting that kind of vocabulary vocabulary right now. Justin, you teach me words on this show all the time. That's true. You taught me what insummation means. Oh, okay. and um, now I use that all the time. So what about uh, gesticulate? Uh, you know, we are always talking about gesticulation on the show. Um, do you remember? Hey, this is a throwback to like I don't know how many episodes. <laughs> We found out that both of our favorite words was rotisserie, yeah. <laughs> like completely unprompted, completely unprompted. Yeah, that was the yeah. So it's I use time. that good time. Bit. 
anyway, um, hey, thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Always remember, old games are old. See you later. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs>